Nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. You know, this has been a tough year for just about everybody, and so it might be nice to do something a little good. And so today we're going to talk about when bad words turn good. So this is sort of like uh, when Godzilla went from being an existential threat to humanity to being a defender of the people. Or like when Rowdy Roddy Piper became friends with Hulk Hogan. The only That's problem just here, what we were thinking. The only problem here is that this is a quiz. And so this may not work out as well for me as it might for everyone else. We'll find out. But uh, just like a few weeks back when we went the other way and good words turned bad, you'll quiz me on bad words turning good. So let's get it going. Well, as Ross and I were saying, we think this is going to be a lot of fun, which leads directly to our first word, which is fun. Did it used to mean a trick, as in, what fun is that card sharp up to now? Did it mean insane, as in, what a fun person she is, going out in the snow in her sandals? Or did it mean stupidly happy, as in, he's feeling fun now that his team won the game, even though he made four errors? (laughs) Winning is all that matters. Uh, You know, all of those seem plausible. I want to go. I want to go with the last one because you gave me a baseball example, uh, and that's the only reason. But let's do C. Uh, stupidly entertaining. Actually, that's interesting, Fletcher, because that was this was sort of a trick quiz in this one, because there were two right answers and one wrong answer. And, and I you, got the wrong answer, didn't <laughs> you I? You got the wrong answer on this one. <laughs> but you did it with aplomb. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, yeah, no. In this case, uh, fun used to mean. It, you, it basically began as a cheat or a trick, and it came from the verb fun, which meant to cheat or to hoax or to make or to um, jest or joke at someone's expense. And it's probably a variation of a Middle English word funnin, which means to befool or whatever. And from there, it entered into the basic English language as a fool or a stupid person. But the thing is, as Ross said, the two the two meanings, it did also in the late. It also came from fond, f o n d. Was it was that would that have pronounced fund that o Ross? Do I know. I think it fund fund, like that. Actually. Yeah, which meant um, uh, deranged or insane. <laughs> Can I throw something in here though? This one really got me. What was most interesting for fun to me was I had a reverse etymology for the term to make fun of. I thought that came from, that's like more of an original meaning, to make fun of, to actually mock someone or to cheat someone. I thought it came from, I thought basically fun meant what it always meant, which is fun, and to make fun meant just to jest with someone, when in reality it didn't mean that at all. That's interesting, because I always assumed to make fun of was just, it was it's fun to me to be rotten about you. So it was like the, the modern sense of the term, but in a negative way. Like, I'm having a great fun time 
making you look like an idiot. Well, Kathy, not, you're more did, correct not right now. You're more correct than I was yeah. in terms of fun. You're more you're you're more literally correct in terms of the original etymology of it. One thing can I throw in that's not really a, a historical uh, aspect of the word. But a lot of people will talk about, we've gotten this a lot, Ross, with stupider and stupidest because of our calendar. Funner. The mm-hmm. word funner. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Fletcher? No, I, I didn't even say funner very often because probably the one time I said it, I got scolded. Well, actually, you probably shouldn't have been scolded, according to Miriam Webster. There's a debate about fun. A lot of people don't like fun to be used as an adjective. I use it all the time. That was a really fun party, I would say. But even there, some pedants do not like that usage. But a lot of people really hate funner and funnest. But Merriam-Webster says it's commonly used and relatively commonly accepted, although they caveat the whole thing with saying it's an informal writing only. I'm not... I wouldn't recommend either usage. I don't know. What do you do? How do you feel, Fletcher, about that? It seems very wrong, but um, if it's not necessarily wrong i don't really care i guess mm-hmm. yeah i don't, I don't it doesn't bother me I'm, I'm all for funner i didn't know that that there were people who didn't like it used as an adjective at all what's that all about i don't know it just seems to be it's not universally accepted according to several dictionaries as an adjective i think those dictionaries must be a bit dated at this point because i really can't have I have no objection to using fun as an adjective I never would yeah that's super snotty I don't like it I think so too oh one more thing I wanted to throw out though we have basically nowadays in effect two definitions of fun one is the the correct definition but we still have some elements of the old usage you know we're fun funny money or uh funny money being not like haha money it's bad money and that was like a fair. Well, you still have that. It's like the. I mean, you say funny, haha, or funny, peculiar, or funny, strange. You do, and that's what I think. That so the funny, the not funny, haha, is is sort of the old, like funny farm for that matter. Which does anyone say funny farm anymore? Probably not. I hope not. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's like a little distasteful. When I was a kid, my best friend had that little jingle. Do you guys know it? They're coming to take me away. Ha-ha, They're coming to take me away. Ha ha. They're coming to take me away. Ho ho. To the funny farm. Our life is beautiful. I can sing the whole thing. Well, thank you. But I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but in that sense, we also have funny bone. Oh, that's because well, I mean, it's humorous. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. The next one we have is amuse. Okay. Amuse originally meant to muzzle a rabid animal. As in, we have to amuse that dog. It's very vicious. Or it meant to cheat. As in, I never amused my husband. I just can't do it. Interesting twist on the word there. Or it meant to ponder ineffectually, as in this one. The scholar was amusing over that old tome, wondering the meanings of words that she couldn't begin to decipher. So we have muzzling, cheating, or pondering ineffectually for amuse. Well, the last one was cheating, but I want this one to be cheating, too. That seems the most plausible of those three. Ooh, you're right. We thought that you'd pick number three. You, you were supposed to pick number three. I, know. I really worked on that sentence. But you didn't, yes. The original English, actually the original um, English meaning of, um, of, of amuse it, that's very obsolete was divert from serious business and tickle the fancy of. But uh, through the 18th century, the primary meaning was to deceive or cheat. And it was by first occupying your attention. 
So it would like, so in that sense, the muse aspect fits in. Um, and it wasn't used until what? Before, it wasn't used before the 1600s, I don't think. So it's, it's a rather new uh, function of the word. That one really bothered me. If you noticed the first um, definition that was false we gave you was to muzzle a rabid animal. And this goes back to like, where did that word come from, amuse? And as usual, no one has any real idea. They're all guessing. But a number of uh, etymologies suggest it comes from the old French M-U-S, mu, snout, from the la vulgar Latin meaning snout. Oh, really? That one really bothered me because I was always, I always thought amuse came from um, the muses as the in muses. the Greek muses. And then ah. Uh, being a Latin away from the muse, you're not thinking, you know, great thoughts. But apparently that may not be real as an etymology. I don't know. That's an odd one to me because, yeah, bemuse, I always thought meant that you didn't, you were without the muses. I mean, so so you're you're lost. You're not, you're not educated or cultured, right? Sort of. I mean, the original sense of bemuse. Yeah, no, that, that and in, in Greek, for example, there's amusos, which means literally without the muses, hence uneducated. But a lot of the etymologies I looked up are kept babbling about muzzles and snouts from Latin. This one, I think we need to do some more research on, Kathy. What do you think? I'm fascinated by this muzzling. I did. I would not, I, to be honest with you, because I did not look this word up myself, and I would not have even thought that. But if I may, this is the one where I always get upset with the people using bimuse when they mean amuse and vice versa, which is not an etymology issue, but a, a, a usage issue. Is that a pet peeve of... What about you, Fletcher? Bemuse, amuse. Yeah, that bothers me when people misuse them as well, because I think bemuse is a nice word. I understand why people misuse it, obviously, but yeah, it bothers me a little bit. Ross, what about you? Well, I don't think bemuse is a... Is, I like bemuse, and I agree with Fletcher and you. I, I don't, don't like the uh, non-distinction between the two. I don't think it's very nice to use incorrectly. <laughs> Which leads us now, Ross, with a brilliant segue into word number three, which is nice. 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 Okay, ready, Fletcher? Nice. So, nice. Is it, did it initially mean one, a niche or niche, depending upon your preference for pronunciation, which we discussed once before, a niche or niche used to cache stolen goods, as in, let's put that treasure in the nice in the cliff over there. Or evil, the king was truly nice, killing all those villains. Or foolish, he's a really nice fellow, drunk all the time. Or a, now I never know how to pronounce. Is it? I always say crevasse, but that sounds like awfully ridiculous. But is it crevasse or crevice? As in, she was walking in the high Alps when she died after falling into a hidden nice. Wait, you just gave me four options, didn't you? Okay. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> Because we were having fun with the sentences. <laughs> <laughs> well, the most fun would be if it were the evil king, but I want to go with uh, C. Foolish? Foolish, yes. As usual, Fletcher, or as fairly usual, you're correct on this one. The original meaning was foolish, ignorant, frivolous, or senseless. From the old French, meaning clumsy, careless, poor, etc. And it basically comes way back into the Latin. Ne uh, I'm not sure if you guys know, but the Latin word is uh, nescius, which means ignorant, which is, um, and there was a, used to be an English word, uh, English word nescience, which meant ignorance. And then it took a little excursion from Latin into Old French and then into Middle English 
and then it came into modern English. However, what in the world happened to have ignorant end up meaning, well, nice? Here's the question. What in the world does nice mean? We have a great quote from Jane Austen <laughs> talking about that. I am sure, cried Catherine, I did not mean to say anything wrong, but it is a nice book, and why should I not call it so? Very true, said Henry, and this is a very nice day, and we are taking a very nice walk, and you two are very nice ladies. Oh, it is a very nice word indeed. It does for everything. And that's because at that time, nice ended up meaning what was starting in what? The 1400s, it started taking on a bunch of different, um, you have nice meaning timid, you have nice meaning fastidious, you have nice meaning dainty, you have nice meaning precise and careful, you have nice meaning agreeable and delightful. This is all through times, but at this point in 1800s, it meant all these things at once. Nice meaning kind and thoughtful. I like nice meaning uh, dissolute. Oh, what nice and wanton appetites. What curious and itching ears had thy people. I love this word in that sense, but apparently teachers hate it. It's one of the, it was, a, they did some survey and apparently it was one of the big, largest, largest number of teachers dislike the uh, use of the word nice because, and they wanted to ban it from English language classes. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had teachers who hated that as well. I guess I understand. What I wonder is if someone asked you what nice means, what would you tell them? That's a good question. I mean, for me, it just sort of means like pleasant. Yeah, pleasant is the word that I was thinking of. Yeah, it's kind of bland to me. Yeah, he's a nice guy kind of means like he's okay, not fabulous. Yeah, I agree with you. But I mean, there, there, there have been discussions of the use of word of the use of this word in, in English. And it's obviously, as Jane Austen would say, is very contextual. So I mean, I would generally say it means, you know, pleasant, nice, but you know, I've heard it used in many different ways, and I understand those different ways as well. Yeah, like, I mean, the old-fashioned, like, she's a nice girl, meaning, like, she's, like, you know, not, like, wild. She's chaste and, and, and you know. Yeah. So that's true. A lot of it has to do uh, with inflection at this point as well. Ross, you mentioned he's a nice guy. You could be saying, you know, if you say, well, he's, ni- he's a nice guy. And, you know, good. He's, he's, a, he's a good person. He's pleasant. But if... Oh, he's a nice guy. Yeah, right? no, I know exactly. Those that, yeah, in quotation actually. marks, nice guy means something very different these days. Oh, completely. And here we go back to that problem with like communication, like online or you know on text and stuff, because you can't get in. Fact, no matter how much you do things with little little asterisks and little whatevers or emojis, you still can't get you can't get that sound across. You know what I mean? Nice. Okay, ready to move on. Okay, the next one. It's kind of like nice. It's pretty. Okay, pretty. It, does it mean, or did it originally mean vapid? As in, he's a pretty one. Never read a book in his life. Evil. That witch is very pretty. Cunning. As in, that card sharp plays some pretty tricks. Uh, Boy, I'm really going with C a lot today, but I like C. I like cunning. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> you're doing well. Yeah. we got to work on our sentences, Ross. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. The adjective pretty comes from the Old English, pretig, pretty, and initially came from uh, Proto-Germanic, a trick, a while, a craft. So it was tricky. Um, they're not quite sure where the initial uh, word came from. And in fact, it disappeared for a few hundred years, and then it came back, pretty. 
as in as in tricky. Yeah, Chaucer, for example, never uses it, as Kathy just said. But then suddenly it just bounces back into English. And uh, the question is, why did it bounce back into English? There's a relatively, I mean, there's a famous Russian linguist who thinks that it might have come back because people are going a lot in the 1500s between England and Germany. And English speakers there kept hearing the German preti, and then they brought it back into English. But the interesting thing is when it came back into English, it switched. It first meant literally manly or gallant. So you could have said the pretty man very easily and not looked at, um, you know, had any problems with saying pretty man with any sexual connotation whatsoever. It could mean either way. And then it came into meaning attractive and skillfully made, then fine. Then by the um, mid to late 1400s, beautiful in a slight way. And then from there, we get a pejoration going back down again, meaning um, it was used ironically, in effect, meaning silly. So it goes up and down like a sine wave. The thing that fascinates me, I'm just thinking, because pretty, I, I mean, it was initially a much stronger word. And I'm thinking now of how we use it. I'm not even talking about the diminutive, like pretty as opposed to beautiful. But when we say that's pretty good, it's 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 that kind of extension that has come in with it. You know, a pretty as, as, a, as a minimizer, if you will. Yeah, we don't need to bother our pretty little heads about it, used as in a snotty way, actually, as well. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, that, but that I would assume is because you're making it like that to me is sort of just a sexist thing where it's like a pretty empty head. Like all you have to do is be pretty. You're right. That's not a diminutive. That's a condescension towards women. You're right. I'm just wondering how we ended up with using pretty as a minimizer. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, diminutive. Oh, can I just throw something out? This always fascinates me. When my wife was young, she was like, I think in third grade, her teacher, and this one, I really want there to be an afterlife so I can ask the teacher. The teacher said it was pronounced pretty. And for the life of me, I'm wondering now, was the teacher saying it was originally pronounced pretty and now it's pronounced pretty? Or did she really, there was a really weird teacher sly I had when she was a kid. Or did she really think it was pronounced pretty and wanted the kids to say pretty? I'll never know, but I'm curious. <laughs> That's something I've never heard. <laughs> no, I never have either. I'm curious about now pretty please, too. I mean, that started in the early 1900s. But again, I'm, I'm just wondering about the pretty. <laughs> As like, why did it get attached to please? Can you do either of you want to venture a guess? Because I have no idea. Oh, I think that comes definitely from um, considerable. It's like a, a pretty penny is a lot of money. You go, that's a pretty penny. That's a lot of money. Oh, wow. So I would yeah. think pretty please is like a lot of pleases. Can I please have that candy? No. Pretty please, you're you're it compounding the pleases, I think. But that's what I'm saying. Okay, now why there is pretty an emphasizer? And then in other ways, we go, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's a minimizer, right? Well, I think it's like Fletcher okay, said. Okay, I quit. Everything is a context. <laughs> I'm getting pretty pissed off. <laughs> Do I, well, let's move to the next one then. This is an easy one. Fletcher's going to know this one right off the bat. Okay, the word is night. Not in as in darkness, but as in K-I-N-G-H-T. Knicked. Okay. Um, Kath, you want to read them? Okay. Number one, was a knight a butcher, someone skilled in wielding a knife, as in, that footpad is a real knight, cutting his victims in the darkness. Side note, I love the term footpad. Okay, number two, is a knight a boy, a youth, or a lad? Is in, hey, you knight, come over here and serve me. 
I don't know why this knight has <laughs> New York accent, but he does. <laughs> or is knight darkness, as in an alternative Saxon spelling of knight with a negative to overtone, as in at knight, the ghoulies come out to play. <laughs> well, uh, as well as I've apparently been doing, Ross thinks I'm going to know this one right away, and I don't, but I'll go with B, the boy. Yes! Damn! <laughs> We're going to have to really work on these okay, sentences. Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> Go, Ross. You're completely correct, Fletcher. It comes from the old English word, connect, meaning boy, youth, servant, attendant. And this is a case where we can clearly see how amelioration or bad words going good or kind of mediocre words going good occur. You have basically a boy, a youth, a servant, an attendant. That becomes sort of a, a bondsman or a vassal. And then from there, it becomes like a vassal of a king. And then from there, it becomes someone who carries arms or really does something for the king and really is loyal to the king. And then it becomes someone who's indeed a a sort of a noble of the realm in that sense. A knight in shining armor. Actually, here's a guess. When does knight in shining armor come in? That phrase. I want to say later than we think. Well done. (laughs) Give us an exact year. (laughs) Uh, 1566. Okay, you're off by 200 years. Okay, that's not bad. (laughs) Apparently it came around, they're they're actually thinking in the figurative sense, knight in shining armor, and the phrase itself came from uh, 1917. Oh, so I was off by about 350 years. Wow, he's good at math, too. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say the one thing I love is the initial, the old English uh, knight when it first appeared, when it meant boy, youth, servant, attendant, all that stuff. I love the spelling. It's C-N-I-H-T, which there's just something about that that looks so foreign to me. Yeah. But, I mean, it comes from actually the Frisian, Knucht or something, I think. Knecht. I can't pronounce the German very well, though. I'm terrible at German, so... Okay, and another clear example of what we're calling amelioration is from careful. We're not going to even bother with a quiz on this one. Obviously, careful means full of care, which is not particularly, it's, you know, full of woe, anxious, etc. And then from there, it began to get a much more positive ter- uh, uh, connotation of being cautious in that sense. So careful was originally being anxious or, or full of woe, woeful? Well, they're actually thinking mm-hmm. it may have actually had um, origins with making a sound or a cry at a funeral, being full of woe, b- wailing at a funeral. Um, they think. They're not really sure. And then from there, it became sort of careful, full of sorrows. And then from there, it began to gradually change um, into you know the meaning we have right now. But that one, I, I think it's sort of obvious. You can see the gradual change in that, too. It reminds me of words like awful or... or or ter- ter- terrific, like from filled with terror. You know what I mean? There's where the word, in the word itself, you can see the original meaning. But here's one, the next one, which I don't think we're going to be able to see too well. And it's mischievous, commonly pr- mispronounced mischievous, one of my pet peeves. And here we go, Kath, read them out. Mischievous, someone far beneath the leader or chief, as in he's just an underling, a mischievous fellow. Mischievous meaning lazy, not achieving much. That knave is truly mischievous. He didn't even brush my horse for the tournament. What's with all these knights? <laughs> and then mischievous as an evil misfortune. Tonight he will have a mischievous death. 
And so now I guess we're thinking of mischievous as sort of playful, um, sort of with a positive connotation. Right. Uh, read me B again. Read me the second one. That night, Knave is truly mischievous. He didn't brush my horse for the tournament. Lazy, not achieving much. Oh, the lazy one. See, I like that, but it doesn't feel negative enough, so I'm going to go with <laughs> with the third one. <laughs> He's only gotten one wrong wrong. I know. Yeah, and it, was the, it was the one where I had two shots at it also. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, you're right, Fletcher. It comes from, um, it, it basically means evil misfortune, um, evil condition, hardship, wickedness. They think it probably comes from the French, Meschief, which comes from the Latin again. And it's interesting, the, the derivation, because the mess means badly or, you know, we know that mistake and all of that. And then it comes, the uh, cheve part comes from uh, Latin cap, uh, caput head, come to a head, badness coming to a head. And from there we had like that, that evil coming out. And then it began to change. It began to become something like bad in a playful sense. The first, that one was first recorded, I think, in the 1700s. And it kept on softening and softening and then kind of mildly annoying. And then from there, it came to this. Sort of jocular. But mischievous to me now, I know we're talking about amelioration when bad words turn good. To me, mischievous isn't necessarily good. I mean, okay, it's not as bad as in, like, evil. But, I mean, there is a maliciousness, isn't there, still to mischievousness? Not really. It's it's really more like a kid sort of fun thing, isn't it? Mm, I, think there's a, I think there's still a little hint of negativity in there. But it doesn't really mm. matter because amelioration or, or the changing of a word, in this case, we're talking about a word that's just, like, really disastrous. This is a right. mischievous condition which is bad where, I mean, and he's a mischievous, he is full of mischievousness in that sense would be, he's full of want and wickedness. And then now when you have, it's, it's a better, it's amelioration means it makes it better. It doesn't make it good necessarily, but it makes it a lot better. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be called mischievous nowadays than by someone calling mischievous in 1490. True. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. The next word is cute. Okay. The first meaning would be evil. They burned the witch at the stake, although they later repented of their all-too-cute deed. Clever. She's very cute, cheating us out of our lawful inheritance. Sharp, as in uh, not the, you know, um, in the sharp in the, in the physical sense. That's a very cute blade. Oh, interesting. <sighs> now that doesn't seem right. Um, so, so, I, so I'm wavering between... The, the B and C. I'll go ahead and go with B, clever. And it's, it sounds like it sounds like a, a clever in sort of a, um, a cunning way rather than, you know, smart. And... and you know what? You would be right <laughs> again. It actually the thing that I like with this is initially this uh, um, it was initially sp- a, a form of acute, the word acute. Oh, and um, with a thesis, we drop um an unstressed vowel, vowel at the beginning of a word, you, you, it became cute. And it actually was initially spelled with an apostrophe. So it would be apostrophe C-U-T-E. Because huh. it was a shortened friend, a form literally of acute. Yeah. And it appeared, what, in the 1700s as such. So you knew that it was a clipped word. You knew it was, it was like there were, had been something before it. So acute really is completely there then, with you know, cute meaning clever. I love this phrase just to show you the usage, though. 
It was from the Manchester Evening Mail. And they said the typical American young woman was just as cute as the most masculine Yankee. Which I think really gives you that feel. That you it had nothing to do with cute as we think of it now. It just meant clearly the old-fashioned um, sharp Yankee in that sense. It's through slang. It became, it was like American school kids who made cute become what we think of cute. Like it's like, you know, pretty or, you know, gosh, there's cute is a tough one to really have an exact um, synonym for. Because I was going to say sort of attractive or pretty, but that's not really cute. Cute is a little different than that. But it was it was slang and it caught on in the 1800s and it, it became applied to everything and anything like sort of like it is now. You know, I'm thinking, though, about about when it's used negatively these days, it can still kind of mean clever in the sense that if if someone has, I don't know, written a piece of criticism and you think they've overdone it a little bit, you say that they've got they went or they got a little too cute. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's the one interesting theme that we're getting in here is all of these words are very protean. I mean, they shift meaning a lot, even though we're saying that our theme has been how bad words go good, but we're saying sometimes the good words kind of like lapse a little bit and go back to being bad again. And sometimes they go bad in different ways, too, which is sort of interesting. I I mean, that's one thing that does get me increasingly, the more we look at words, is how dangerous dictionary definitions can be if you look at a word in a dictionary and then apply it. A lot of stuff has very varied meanings. I I think that's a really good point. And I I think what you're saying also, it fascinates me how a lot of times the oldest meaning is still around, possibly not in the same usage or possibly only within like a narrower thing where it's like within a saying or something. But it's still actually used in that sense, even though you're not really overtly aware of it. Yeah, like we were talking earlier about funny money. I mean, that's a, mm-hmm. you know, that's, a be- that's the old usage of, of funny in that sense. Okay, so now the final word of the day is meticulous. Is it frightening? That's a very meticulous sea out there with all those towering waves. Timid. He's a very meticulous person, scared of his own shadow, or a foreigner, foreign. Foreigners in ancient Greek were called by various terms, including medics, from which is derived meticulous. I, oh, wow. You did a good job on that third one. Um, I really want to buy that, but I'm going with, I'm going with the timid. Darn it. I, I had to make sure to include medic in that, in that last sentence, and I was, I'm, Thank you for liking that sentence, but <laughs> but you got it right anyway. It's fearful, timid, and it comes actually from the um, Latin meticulosus, which um, I'm sorry, meticulosus, yes, which means uh, metus in Latin is dread, fear, and then uh, meta means fu- uh, then the um, osis part means full of, so it's full of dread or fear, and it. That old sense of it became um, archaic after the 1700s. And then, for some reason, probably from those darned French, it came back into English. And it infuriated a very famous um, Englishman named Henry Watson Fowler, who I'm sure you've heard of. He wrote a dictionary of modern English usage. And in the 1920s, he was railing against this word. Kath, do you want to read that? that line that he has here. What is the strange charm that makes this wicked word irresistible to the British journalist? Does he like its length? 
Does he pity its isolation? For it has no kindred in England. Can a Latin scholar like him not get meticulous out of his head? Can so accomplished a French... He's getting ahead of steam here. Can so accomplished a Frenchman never be sure whether meticulous or meticulous is a word he knows so well? Or what is it? At any rate, he must have the word always with him, however unsuitable the surroundings. I just want, I love, I love seeing it in French, meticulous with the EU accent thing. I just adore that. But regardless of Fowleris entered the uh, English language and the French usage, uh, it became to mean overly or timidly careful. And then from there, um, from overly or timidly careful, you can see how it sort of uh, changed into being very careful with, you know, getting rid of the fear aspect of it. Although you could argue someone who's extremely careful is probably somewhat of a fearful person, but that's where the meaning came into being. Yeah, I could feel that a little bit, and that's why I chose that meaning. I wish it had stayed as meticulosis, though. I think that sounds much more fun, doesn't it? It does. Latin, Latin is a fun language for that reason, though. Latin has such a sort of like a, I don't know, like a very stern feel to it. Yeah, meticulosus. <laughs> I, like I also must say, though, I also like the meticulous in the French. <laughs> Something about that one, too, but whatever. I like the other ways. The uh, meticulosus sounds like a spell you cast on somebody to make them just be very, very careful about things. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that, Fletcher. <laughs> I could use a little of it sometimes. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Seattle, Washington, Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help us. They're how we get more people to find us. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.